Hey everybody, I have a great episode coming at you today. Before I get into an introduction regarding our discussion, I wanted to first ask if you've not yet left a rating and a review on iTunes for this podcast, please go and do so. It really does a lot in showing your support for what I have going on, but also the time and effort that the guests put into sharing their experiences and their stories. So today I have two guests and they invited me into their food truck to conduct this conversation. It was awesome. They're Bray and Brittany McCabe. They are the owners and operators of Glendale Ave, which is, up until recently, was a pop-up restaurant in Traverse City, Michigan. Now, I just mentioned the food truck, so that is the latest uh, part of their evolution in, in this venture that they have called Glendale Ave. They are throwing out just amazing food, things like burgers, sandwiches, brunch items, french fries, whatever it is, and they're throwing their own little flair into those items, and it's been a hit. It really has with the local people in Traverse City. But what is actually really cool about these two very solid people is that they have a passion for their hometown where they grew up in Saginaw, Michigan, and they go in-depth explaining that connection that they have uh, to their hometown, but also the fact that they have been together for a really long time, since they were like 14 years old, and this is something that they are building together and making work and are just excited for the future and embracing some of the difficulties that might come with that, including some of the risks that they've already taken uh, in becoming owners of a food truck. So this was a really solid conversation with really solid people. I'd encourage you, if you find yourself in northern Michigan or you are already in northern Michigan, to seek out the food that they're serving because it is delicious. Also, I've linked in the show notes to their Facebook page, their Instagram, which is just these incredible photos of the food that they're serving. I know that people are really into looking at pictures of food, even if they can't eat it themselves. And so I would definitely recommend giving them a follow. And I'll also link to their publication or their journal in, oh, wow, their entry in the Northern Michigan publication, the Boardman Review, which has been mentioned on numerous episodes previously. And that does a great job of detailing their story, and especially as they are taking on some new challenges in this food world. So check that stuff out, and without further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Cold Shower Podcast. I have two guests with me today. We are on location in a food truck. Not only is it the first food truck I've ever been in, um, which would definitely mean that it's the first one I've ever recorded a podcast in. Um, so thank you guys for having me out. And we're going to talk more in detail about the food truck specifically and how you guys got here. Um, I am with the uh, owners and operators of Glendale Ave, Bray and Brittany, and we're going to give them both a chance to introduce themselves and we'll get into a conversation so whoever wants to go first can my name is uh bray mccabe my real name is brendan mccabe but everyone calls me bray uh it's just easier that way if i told you my name was brendan people are like who are you talking about so i go by bray uh started glendale ave in 2017 with my lovely wife Brittany, who's sitting here next to me hello <laughs> uh yeah we're the owner operators uh, we've been together since we were about 14 years old, uh, married for two and a half. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, married for two and a half, and we've been doing this pop-up now food truck thing for a year and a half. 
Yeah, so I wanted to ask right away, I know a little bit of, about your guys' history from the publication you were recently in, Boardman Review, um, but why Glendale Ave, the name? Uh, so when we were originally came up with the idea for the, uh, the pop-up, we didn't have a plan for it to be anything more than like six events maybe. So we like had all these like cutesy ideas of like things with eggs and burgers. I don't well, you were talking a lot about wanting it to be like rap names or oh, songs. Oh, I did. Which would have been a good idea. Again, we didn't know that we were going to continue doing it. So, but I do love how it's evolved and I'd like to keep the things from Saginaw, but so, it happens. So the... Uh, Living in Traverse City for as long as we do, every time you kind of introduced yourself uh, as from Saginaw, people would always make like a noise or like make a little face. They'd be like, oh, like it was like a, yep. it was always like a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's like a, I don't know. So we were, we were like, what if we did our pop-up Saginaw themed and maybe people would be like, oh, there's this cool thing from other people from Saginaw. So it was like, even though we don't live in Saginaw, we were trying to give back to Saginaw if we could. And uh, kind of grew from there. And it was easy for us to name the things from Saginaw just because why not? I mean, we know all those names and then they represent something different to us, which we love. Oh, right. Glendale Ave is also the street I yes. grew up on. Okay. So I forgot to say your that. Initial yeah. uh, <laughs> my uh, dad lived in that house his whole life since he was a young, I don't know how old he was, but very young. And then I lived there till I was like 18, moved out. And so we just have... Uh, it's not, she lived on Center Street, which just didn't have the same ring to it. So. <laughs> Center Ave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, and there's a Center Street cafe. Yeah. So uh, Glendale just was like, oh, let's do that. So that's where it comes from. Yeah, that's super cool. And I went to Saginaw Valley and then Delta for a couple years after that. So I lived in Saginaw for maybe like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I wanted to talk about, too, is, is Saginaw um, in general, because you'd mentioned sometimes people might make a face. Or say, oh, always, yeah, it's yeah, every time. So there's some some thoughts about Saginaw that maybe stem from the media or whatever it is. Um, but like, can you paint Saginaw in a different light than maybe most people are aware of? Obviously, like it means a lot to you. You've named your business after some of the things you draw inspiration from it. Why are some people's thoughts about Saginaw off a little bit? Most people, okay, you only hear about Saginaw in negative lights because there is a lot of negative things to report on the news and that's what they're talking about and for you know a decade or so Saginaw was considered was the most violent city in America per capita which is just absurd the only reason it stopped being into it is because so many people left town and it stopped being the population was so low that it wasn't considered by the FBI anymore okay uh it's a really big city, though. And it's also huge, though. It's sprawling. I mean, it's, yeah, but it's a big city, and I think when things had happened, I don't know personally, but I do think a lot of crime there is internal between people that have problems with each other. I mean, <clears throat> we grew up in the township. It's not like, you know, we saw bad things happen or experienced... I mean, when we did like bad things in high school or whatever that, you know, you <laughs> right. could have been like in trouble. But I mean, thankfully, I know a lot of people have had bad experiences, but nothing that bad ever happened to us living there. I don't never felt unsafe, like walking downtown. I mean, downtown is beautiful, beautiful buildings, all historic, amazing. Um, we would be lucky in the future to own a business there. They're all like in their original way. And there's a lot of history in the town. Yeah. Yeah. That we... That often gets overlooked because people think, and 
Saginaw again gets overlooked. Like Detroit got hit by the the financial crisis. Flint, all the everything shutting down. Saginaw got hit the same way, but it's just like the third sibling or whatever. It just mm-hmm. kind of gets overlooked, and people don't really think about it in that way. Like, oh, those guys got hit hard. What's going on with these guys? Like, same thing. All the factories closed. People without work. A lot of people left. But the people that are there, are strong people. They're like in. I always describe Saginaw as like like a sibling. Like I can say whatever I want to my sibling, but how dare you? Like I'll punch you in the (laughs) face. You say something to my sister. I can call her whatever I want, but you keep that to yourself type of thing. um, And we know like business owners young there that went back after college or whatever. And I would have done that if I didn't, you know, move up here. I didn't really know where to go after college and just wanted to move here to be by the water. We never knew that we would start anything business related until it all just happened organically and worked hard. And but yeah, like people just buying like some of the bars and restaurants downtown and trying to make something cool, and it's going really well for some people. Yeah, Saginaw's yeah. got distilleries. Saginaw has uh-huh. like cool cafes. Like there's a guy that owns a sandwich soup and salad place called Fralias, which has been around for at least a decade. Uh, who worked with Pete Peterson at Tapawingo, and he like he speaks very highly of that place. And there are fantastic places in Saginaw that people are starting to rediscover. And yeah, great. even like the Bancroft and Bourbon and Co. Like those are two beautiful bars. Like something I'd like to see up here. Like even like the style of them, like beautiful. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's what like you'd mentioned, kind of the third sibling that people are well aware of Detroit and Flint, and they've heard of Saginaw in whichever way they have but yeah it's like there is such a history to those places to be so booming in like every sense of the word and now you know with the financial crisis and the auto industry and and the changes that it has caused in those cities i feel like you almost have to now look a little harder to find like the beauty or what makes those places cool Mm -hmm. so it's still there like it's always been but you just have to find those little nooks and crannies, like the, the businesses that you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, there's like, I love Traverse City. That's not like I, I'm happy we live here. We probably wouldn't be doing any of what we're doing if it wasn't for this really supportive, small, lovely community we're in. But Saginaw has like, like I don't know, like there's like 30 good Chinese places I can go to, and like Mexican restaurants that have been around for two decades. And there's just like this history of like hardworking families that we grew up visiting like all those places and you knew the owners and that that's kind of missing and there's a lot of new money up here in Traverse City but in Saginaw they've been around for a while and they've seen it through and Mm -hmm. it's great to go support and visit those places yeah there's probably like a grittiness like I think of the Detroit versus everybody same thing yeah yeah it could be like that too yeah I always find those kind of movements interesting because the people that are doing that are like the people that are there and they've always appreciated the place for what it is. They never like lost an appreciation for it. Right. Yeah, everyone else like might be coming aware of it, but uh, we've always been the same way about it. Like you can, I don't know. And there's definitely people that live there that are bitter that they live there. Like even our parents can make like snide comments about, you know, not wanting to, or like thinking like the grass is always greener somewhere else. And it could be, but I think where you live, you can, most people can move anywhere they want to move if they really dislike it that much. But I think staying there and there's just absolutely nothing wrong with living there. I don't think. Yeah. 
I think it's great. <laughs> We'd love to be able to do something there. Like this winter, we're hoping to do some events there, maybe even drag the trailer down there and do something. We really, we have so many like people that like comment and like our stuff from the area. They've been very supportive coming and visiting us and seeing us on weekends and saying hi. And Yeah, that's what's great. Like when people come, I do more of like the talking at... I hide in the back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> front of the house, um, and people are excited. Or the, I just see like their faces, like, "Oh my gosh, like that's called that, that's called that." Like from Temple Nine Eight Nine, you guys are from Saginaw, because coming here is a big like tourist attract right. from Saginaw. I, mean, I grew up coming here every single summer for like a month at a time, state park, campground, every single summer, and that's why I wanted to move here. And I, yeah, that just everybody seems excited though when they are from Saginaw to eat our food and we get a lot of good reception from them. Yeah. Yeah. I always get excited when I see the 989. That's what my number still is. Yeah, and now, of course <laughs> I didn't grow up in Saginaw like you guys, but, um, you know, it was about 40 minutes away and we would go to, when I was a kid, every Christmas, my grandma would take us to the Toys R Us. So we'd go and like, Oh yeah. Pick out the toys. And then the kids would go out to the van and wait while the grandparents would like purchase some of them. Yeah. And then bring them, you know, out and put them in the back without us looking. Um, so that was like, I loved Saginaw for that reason, because they had a Toys R Us. I don't think they have it anymore, but I lived on Center Ave. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like Normandy Apartments at the time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right by exactly Saginaw right. Heritage. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it would play like flag football right next door. Um, I loved my time in Saginaw, it, but it, I was a college kid. Wasn't necessarily aware looking for those like cool spots to go. I was just mm-hmm. heading where everybody else was heading. Going to a lot of Applebee's. Applebee's, <laughs> yeah. We grew up. We had our dates in high school at Applebee's. I still go to Applebee's when I go right? there just because I, I want to go to Applebee's here because that's just like what I'm used. To. I was yeah. raised in like a lot of chains too, yep. and they have every chain that you could imagine. And it's even everything's kind of off the highway, like off 75. Everything's right there, and you could just get a little bit of everything. We've yeah. we've grown to appreciate the <laughs> the smaller the like one of our. Almost every time we're in town, we go to Scottish Inn, which okay. is like... That is my place. I adore it there. Like, I, I can't even explain how great it is. Like, it's just a bar. Like, it, we're making it seem like it's better than it is, but it has, like, uh, fabric on the walls that's, like, plaid, like, flannel. Like, you, you can touch the walls, and they're furry, and yeah. it's great. People I, call it the Plaid Palace. I, uh Brittany loves the crab rangoons there. And... I, that's why we started making them at okay. Mammoth because I was like, I just love their menu because it's anything you want at any time, just like odds and ends of appetizers. Then you can get like a burger. But I'm like, let's just make crab cheese with. We also call them crab, crab cheese, cheese, not crab rangoons. I don't know if that's a Saginaw thing or an us thing. Yeah, I mean, whenever I order them, they're always crab cheese. Right, okay, good. cool. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> you're like, what's crab cheese? And I'm right. like, All right. You know, yeah. it it's also from and... another. It's from Chan's Garden is another restaurant mm-hmm. in Saginaw, and they call it crab cheese because it's. Cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome, um, and I love the the paying homage to to Saginaw and being proud of where you come from is really cool. Um, can you kind of share about? I know we're going to get into specifically like how you guys went from hosting pop up events or doing pop up events to now um, having a food truck. What what happened before that? Like, how did you go from a, a civilian to <laughs> being a pop-up chef? Uh, I So I, I worked at Fogarelli's for almost eight years. I was the manager there for like four and a half, five years. I'd have to check the dates, but a while. And summer at a tourist spot can get 
overwhelming and exhausting. So on my days off, I started just like baking bread and doing other things just to like, I don't know, have like a creative outlet instead of making the same seven sandwiches over and over again. And I started working on breakfast sandwiches because I was like, first of all, I love breakfast sandwiches. I was often waking up way too late to order them anywhere. And I was like, I think I could make a really good breakfast sandwich. So I just like started working on breakfast sandwiches. And I, for some reason, was cocky enough to think that I should start selling them to people. And I told Brittany one day, I was like, hey, what do you think about doing a brunch pop-up? And she's like, what do you, what, where? And I was like, oh, maybe Little Fleet? Like, they're, they're nice. They like us. Like, maybe I can convince somebody. And she was on board day one. She was like, yeah, go call Jess. And I was like, I'm not going to call Jess. That's weird. Like, I'll wait till it comes up organically or yeah. something. But so I was just, like, working on these recipes at home and be like, Maybe I can do it. And but I was I didn't the only take... person that had ever tasted them, which is so odd. Like, right, yeah. no one else ever came over to eat them. And I was like, well, I like them. So I think, like, other people will. I don't know. That first event, I think we had counted before our first event that six people had tasted our food before That's serving like family. it. family. Before, <laughs> yeah, before serving it publicly. And that is, like, like, I can't imagine doing that today. Like, the thought of, like, no one eating our food before we opened for the summer would be so nerve-wracking. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, I don't know, maybe, we also didn't expect people to show up, so we are like, 20 people are going to come, like, we can disappoint 20 people if we have to. Uh, it ended like up, the people working that day, yeah. like, whatever, we'll just yeah. hang out. <laughs> it ended up being a lot bigger than that, but, um, yeah, it just grew out of wanting to be creative on our own time when we weren't working our day jobs. Yeah, what a, like, I just think sandwiches in general are a really important thing, because... Yeah. You can just do so much with them, and I don't know. Even as a kid, like I loved sandwiches. I would. I mentioned we grew up on soft and good yeah. bread, which was like when it hit your tongue, it pretty much just dissolved because yeah. it was like all it's sugar. It's like cotton candy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like cotton candy bread. Um, but as a kid, I used to just like take all kinds of different pickles and like garnishes and different meats and stuff and whip up these incredible sandwiches at the time I thought were incredible (laughs) and like olive loaf. I don't know if you guys ever ate olive loaf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad worked for Velasic pickles in Bridgeport and his story goes that he invented the stacker pickle, which was like the pickle, the pickle they cut long ways. He's, uh, he's said he was flipping through a magazine. Uh, like it was, I don't know pickle specific i don't know what it was but there's all these cucumbers sliced weird and he's like why don't we slice them like that and put it we can put them in the jar differently and we pickle yeah. them and pitched it to his higher ups got flown out and my dad invented the stacker pickle so i grew up not liking pickles because my dad reeked of pickles all the time and we had pickles all over our house and i was just like i hate the smell i've grown to love pickles now but when i was a kid yeah. pickles were just i used to have like all this velastic pickle like gear Oh, Dude, I would love to get my hands on some of that. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Well, I, I used to have like a the giant stork, like a life. Yeah. Like it was like the it was bigger than me when I was a kid. Like it was. I don't, Dude, yeah. so he legit like invented the stacker pickle. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I mean, he's told me that story my whole life. I've told it to my friends multiple times. He tells me it's true. I believe him that it's true, but I can't find any proof of it on right. the internet. According to Mike McCabe. He mm-hmm. invented the stacker pickle, and I, I believe him. Yeah, and yeah. according to this podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, it's, now maybe someone can Google it and find out. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. I I actually remember the first time I saw those stacker pickles yeah. because we grew up in a big family, and so my mom was always having to buy, like, large quantities of stuff. 
Well, that's a very specific type of pickle, like mm-hmm. for a very specific use. So we wouldn't always get those yeah. because she was thinking like, I'll buy the regular pickles, and then if somebody wants them on a sandwich, they can cut them themselves. But I would, ju- I was always glancing at those things, and it's like, <laughs> someday I'll be able to get a jar of those. It was like the when they combined the peanut butter and jelly in one jar, which now I think is, yeah, I'm not. It's not for me. Yeah, but it was a cool idea. It's the coolest thing when yeah. you were a kid. Yeah. You're like, like, Mom, why can't I get this? She's like, well, because we have both peanut butter and jelly yeah. already at home. <laughs> but you don't get the jelly in the peanut butter jar or vice versa. Yeah, it's already all yeah. mixed together. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was yeah, I was big into that when I was a kid. Right. Wow, that's that's unbelievable <laughs> about the stacker pickle. I'm yeah. pretty excited about that. Um, can you guys, like, where did you draw your uh, – inspiration from like do you have a, a favorite like chef or cook or show that you guys watch where you're like drawing ideas from or you just like food and you do your own thing we watch so many youtube videos we love what's her name claire uh, claire from bon appetit she's fantastic and not that we draw anything from her but we just watch her um and like the way she does things i think are really interesting but as far as the food, I mean, like, egg slot was a huge yeah. thing, like, in the beginning more so, and then it has more evolved into more original things, and, like, even the focaccia, like, bread that he bakes. We wanted to do brioche, because I think egg slot does brioche. Egg slot does brioche. But and then I had it in Las Vegas, and I liked it. Really? You're going to do this on air? No, I liked it, but I was like, I weirdly prefer his. Right. Yeah. And then he was like, Dev is He wasn't there because I ate and like sent all these pictures. We waited in line. I was so excited. And my friends, I, maybe I got the wrong one, but my girlfriends all really liked him, but I was no, like... No, Laura ordered egg salad <laughs> sandwich, which is so weird. She said she liked it. I know, but that's so weird. she told weird. you to make one because she thought you'd make it better. She's wrong. I don't Dude. really make egg salad. <laughs> you got some believers out there. What's the big uh, burger chain like on the West Coast? Why can't I think of Smack, it? In-N-Out? Uh, uh, In-N-Out, yeah. So In-N-Out and like Shake Shack are the two big. A lot of people think you're talking about Steak and Shake. Oh, Isn't yeah. It? But it's Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Shake right. Shack's based out of New York City. And then In-N-Out's on the West Coast. And there's one in Detroit yeah. now of Shake Shack, mm-hmm. which we went to, which is seriously so good. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Not disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, like, my first time having In-N-Out was only a couple years ago. Haven't had it since then. And I think I was there with, I can't remember, my in-laws maybe. And I was so excited for it. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a big, like, production to me. Like, when you go there and they have the people, like, waiting outside with their iPads, taking your order and stuff, or they did at that time. Um, and then I think the reaction of my father-in-law was like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> I and I was like, same thing. come on, I've been waiting forever for this. Like, even if it is just average, like pretend it's awesome because I'm really trying right. to enjoy I this. I went yeah. last year and another time in Las Vegas and it was like by our hotel. I think it just might not have been the right The Vegas one. In-N-Out is supposed to be the worst in right. Okay. Though. Like we ordered it animal style, like everything. And I was like, eh. Right. I mean, I ate it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I ate it. I don't know who I'm saying that I know that from, but I feel like I read that on the internet one time. They're like, the Las Vegas, like, the ones in LA are well, great, but the Las yeah, Vegas I ones are. I the pictures again, and I'm like, I'm so excited to eat this. And then, yeah, I think it was kind of cold, too, which was interesting. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> Somebody wasn't doing it right. Right. Yeah. We were also, I we watched a lot of, like, Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. That's what I was Reservations, parts of, like. And you love um, the Netflix. Oh, Chef's Table? Yes. Oh, that, yep. that is fantastic. You've talked. I mean, you love that. My Me and my childhood best friend, Danny Emenecker, shout out if you're listening. 
Uh, we used to, even from like a really young age, watch Food Network religiously. Like he would, we would just go in the freezer and just start like thawing meat and cooking stuff in like fifth or sixth grade. Like we were ruining expensive cuts of meat, yep. but like we were just like, well, we saw it on the show. And like we were always like cooking food and he was the only at other, Danny's at Danny's house, not in my house, at Danny's house. <laughs> they had a lot of refrigerated things and it was just fantastic. And that's how he was the first person that was ever into food. And then I would go visit his mom on weekends and she would take me to the Eastern Market in Detroit before the Eastern Market in Detroit got cleaned up, like when it was scary. Uh-huh. And she was like, "Hey guys, just keep your eyes on a forward when we were driving through certain neighborhoods, type of thing." And that's where she would go buy like baba ganoush and hummus before people were crushing hummus hey. and like random like fresh vegetables. And she would cook food I'd never weird Indian food and just different things I'd never heard of in fourth or fifth grade. And mm-hmm. It was it was it was the best. I'd love going there on the weekends and. It's a big reason why we like food so much. No, I mean, you're way more cultured than I am about food, or even, like, <laughs> less picky. My mom was a very all-American cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, lasagna, spaghetti, well, that's <laughs> Italian, but they're just, like, <laughs> Only really normal. Sauce. Yeah, like, right. pork chops with applesauce, yeah. <laughs> like, just stuff like that. And I never tried anything, honestly, till after college. Yeah. I'll seriously try anything now and I feel like so dumb my whole life of like what I've missed out on of not trying and just I mean like a brat about it too like no like I I don't like do you know how it tastes no but I don't want it I can smell it and it's not for me no it's just like looking at it and I just feel really dumb but now I'm glad and especially in a town I think of good food it's good to be Mm -hmm. that way it's easier to be less picky here. and I've been seeing a lot of picky people ordering and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Because I used to be like me, like, just get it and see if you like it. Or, you know, me explaining it to every detail of like what it tastes like to somebody. And yeah, it's been interesting. It, yeah. And then Sunday dinners were always a big deal at my house. My parents got divorced when I was in like fourth grade. So I'd see my dad on weekends. So he would always make us. He's always been a cook. He's always, He owned a, a bar in BV, Buena Vista, just outside mm-hmm. Saginaw called MJ McCabe's. And so he's been a cook like he knows how to cook and so it was always a very big deal to have sunday dinner we'd watch the lions lose normally yep and then half at halftime he'd be like all right i'm gonna start cooking now because this game's over and that was always a really big deal and as were like holidays at my mom's house big my grandma used to cook all the time and yeah food was always very important to me also i was overweight as a child so food was always very important, <laughs> important. to me yeah that's cool to like Food, I think, has taken, like, it's more front and center now because there's those shows that you're talking about, especially, like, on Netflix. So someone like me who is not a cook or not a chef, I take great interest in, like, Chef's Table and those different shows. And actually, I think the one that changed it the most for me in terms of at least having an appreciation for food is Anthony Bourdain. So I read his book, Kitchen Confidential. Yeah. Um, And so that changed a lot of things for me where it was, like, it's not just filming like food that looks good, but you're actually getting the story behind it or like why it means so much. So you had your experience, you had your experience and why food was important or is important. And now you're probably like kind of melding your experiences together and creating like new tastes for stuff. Oh yeah. Like it, everything we cook is purely based on things we like. 
we're gonna say that for now but like if this yeah, summer we have to ever, change that eventually. yeah if, if everyone hates our food we'll just start cooking what everyone else likes because yeah. we still now we have a business to run but up until this point we've just been making food that we wanted and sometimes couldn't get yeah, we like, wanted just more like even the breakfast sandwiches we started making them because we couldn't really get them that one like fast and to go like you walk up order it you can eat it now or you can take it mm-hmm. that type of service and sometimes we didn't want to go out to eat breakfast sometimes, certain days because yeah. you just sometimes you look like crap and you just want to sometimes you just want to walk up hung over and or you want to drink mm-hmm. hang out, yeah whichever and we always have worked every day and he, he worked every single weekend so we never had a chance to go anywhere together i mean we hadn't had breakfast together in years mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about like yeah like our that's why i cooked at home by myself was our meals yeah, yeah. yeah and um then even to for him to start having sundays off to do that was just like a really fun thing and the breakfast sandwiches are just started at all they did yeah which they might go away which is really sad why uh because i wake up at four o'clock in the morning to bake the bread the morning of Okay. And that's all well and good when I'm done at yeah. serving it too, and then. And Little Fleet opens at ten for us on Sundays. Okay. But they don't open till noon. Eleven. Eleven or, or noon, whichever they prefer, you know. And then with the food trucks out here, people are just gonna eat what's out here. Go inside, get a mimosa, whatever, come out. But yeah, it was like I don't think they'd care if we like if he woke up at four and made the bread or mm. you know put a lot of effort into it. They're just gonna see our menu. And probably order a burger, which is fantastic. But then all the extra effort with it, I just, we are unsure. Yeah. But if there's a way we can make the bread quicker and maybe if we did open earlier, um, we'll figure it out. But We're, we're going to try. Yeah, we definitely uh, want to try. But yeah, 4 o'clock in the morning to like 11 o'clock at night, is a, it's a long time in a food truck, so we'll see. But yeah. They, yeah but it would just only be on the weekends or like in... Again, not like during the holidays or like Memorial Day or yeah, um, we'll do it for the, the locals. Yeah, yeah, the people that you know will appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, right. the people that exactly. came out and supported us and are the reason why we can even own a food truck or yes, even thought that maybe we could own a food truck because they kept showing up every week and we're mm-hmm. like maybe we got something here. Yeah, well, talk about that then. So you did some pop up events and then you've evolved into now being the proud owners of a food truck. What was that transition like? When did you first think that was possible or or impossible i only think the food truck was possible when we started to talk to the owners of little fleet or put that out there like would there be a space for us because we i mean i don't know then we thought about doing it if there wasn't a space available we did think about potentially doing it on the road it's just a hard life especially for us like being married and we have a dog like and having like the uncertainty, like how do you hire an employee and be like, Hey, maybe I'll need you an interlock in for this festival, but maybe not. Like, so I think once we got it going with little fleet and knew that there was the potential, we immediately started looking for one because you're dumb not to, I mean, being here is, I think the best for yeah. a food truck and, owner in this town. And we looked, we were looking before we had a spot here and, Basically, like we had a number in mind of how much we were willing to spend, and that number was a bit higher if we knew we were going to have yeah, a captive we audience here all yeah. summer versus setting up in some random parking lot somewhere. We we probably wouldn't have spent as much. We probably would have pulled a trigger on an earlier truck we had looked at that was more in our price range and would have been perfect for us, but we knew the volume we were going to have to put out, and that's why we... 
It's also different if it was just you doing it and I still had like a full-time job or something like that's completely different. But to be here and know you're going to make money at that, that as two people's full income. Like, I just think it was a no brainer of, you know, spending a little more having everything we needed to get it going. And we had enough people that we respected that we talked to that were like, no, you, this is the right move for you. We, we, we still always kind of, you always have those doubts of like, what if this was the wrong thing? Sitting in this food truck right now, it feels great. But leading up into like actually having it and having the wrap and it sitting in this lot, there's always that doubt of like, what if? Like we're still yeah. waiting on paperwork. Like if we don't get some things fixed, we can't open next week. Right. Like that's where we're at right now. And it's still scary, but I'd rather be here being stressed out over this than doing literally anything else. And like we I mean, it's the most expensive thing we've ever bought. And that's like a crazy feeling. It's like my car is a piece of crap. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I have this now. Um, and I mean, it obviously will pay off, but it's all like a waiting game for everything to start. And it's been scary to try to figure all this out, but you know it's going to work out and pay off. Yeah, it sounds like it was a combination of like risk taking, but also pretty calculated too. And then, like you said, yeah, being here you're at least going to be guaranteed some people like peeking in the windows and yeah. ordering. <laughs> and then it's just kind of, just a few. <laughs> I think as I'm looking at it from the outside, like, so there's this risk, but you also thought through it, consulted some other people. And what it's going to come down to is like, you guys just putting out the food like you have been mm-hmm. and people already like it. And that's what, yeah, like we've always said, we had the best product testing time. I mean, it's been a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half of people eating our food and getting like really positive feedback, like such healthy, nice feedback from people. And, and we, even, we like the negative. Too. Even when we, like, we have some friends who are like, to be honest with us. And uh, <laughs> which is good, though. No, I appreciate it. But sometimes they're like, that was good. But this could mm-hmm. use some work. And I'm like, you're 100 percent right. I didn't know if anyone else noticed. You noticed. So that means yeah. I need to keep working. That Like our fried chicken we've been working on since like selling since what november december maybe i mean but you were always he was always making wings at home i was working on wings and and then kind of we had wings for a while and then we tried to do both but we found people would order one or the other and it was more so the chicken sandwiches because there's not you can get wings anywhere i mean not well i liked ours but um ours yeah were really people good. were ordering the fried shit so then we just kind of nixed that we didn't have enough space to keep doing the wings so nixed those and then started he started working on it for a long time the fried chicken but that was one day a week for a couple months. You were just, I would just work on, I, even this week, like I still am tweaking the batter a little bit, tweaking the time of the, the pickle brine. Like it's still a work in progress and I don't think I'll ever stop. Like I would never stop until like someone's like, okay, what's the recipe? I need to know the yeah, recipe. I didn't know I'm if like, oh, that's what, what Brian said to you. What did he say? That he said that it was better. Oh Yeah. One of our biggest critics, Brian Morrison, <laughs> uh, told me my the first one was good, but it was like a chicken cutlet and fell apart. Mm-hmm. A chicken cutlet? I don't know. He, he compared it to something, and then he had it last week. He was like, it got way better. I was okay. like, all right. We're making strides in the right direction. Yeah. So. yeah, especially if you know he's a tough critic. Oh, yeah. yeah. He <laughs> he likes to let you know his opinion. He'll love right. hearing this, too. Well, he might just want you to keep like refilling his plate with new ideas. So yeah, oh, for it. sure. <laughs> yeah. That's smart tactic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you guys in the publication that you were in had um, 
talked a little bit about like what it's like to work in an environment like this while also being in a relationship married to um, the co-owner of this Mm -hmm. enterprise. So like, what are the dynamics of that? And has it always been easy? Has it always been hard? Or how have you navigated it? Like I think I said earlier, you don't realize how much time you don't spend with your significant other until you spend a lot of time together. I mean, he worked six days a week at Fogarelli's for years and I worked like early, I was a nanny for almost eight years and I had a normal, you know, every day, Monday through Friday. So my weekends, you know, were spent without him alone and it was just nights. Hang- I mean, we'd get like one off day maybe and it was we'd like go a to the beach deal. like yeah. three times a year. <laughs> like to get, like right. we just, she'd go with her friends, but like to get me to the beach was shocking. And I was I always like that pale guy at the beach in September. <laughs> First time out. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, oh, he's, he's been inside all summer. <laughs> right. And then I think just we've been together. So you started going part-time at Fogarelli's February. Uh, no, I think it was beginning of summer. No, like, well, in the... Well, I, was, I, I did four days a week all summer because we were doing every Sunday here and I needed some time thought, off. Yeah, and that still didn't feel like we were working together because I was in the front he was in the back. So, yeah, it hasn't... People are like, you sick of each other or whatever? And I'm like, no. It probably <laughs> changed when you stopped working in December. Yeah. When we were just always like I got home she was there I left <laughs> like we were just always like we were apart for like an hour and a half today I was like I don't know the last time we were apart for an hour and a half I it's been crazy show I was like this is great <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't have to hear a stupid commentary on my show right now we and everybody I like alone time so when we're working together I won't talk yeah um, I'm like very which I learned thoughts. our first uh <laughs> So at Mammoth Distilling, where we were doing our Wednesday night pop-ups, it was the first time that Brittany was in in the kitchen with me. Normally, Mm -hmm. she was like front of the house, and she'd help cook some eggs and put some toppings on things. But because of how the service was, they were serving, and we were in the back. So she was pinching crab cheese and like battering things and cutting things and making sauces. And so, like, I'm trying to make small talk with her. And she just put her head up. She goes, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. And I was like, perfect. We were, like, trying to make up <laughs> things. I'm like, it's fine. Like, we're yeah. good. Like, we don't. And so, like, we literally probably didn't talk for an hour and a half. And I was like, you good? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. And we just yeah. carried well, on. And also, like, being a nanny, I never had had a coworker. Mm-hmm. I've always been by myself. And I've always, like, babies. Like, yeah, you can chat a little. But what, right. what are we talking about? Yeah. Nothing of like substance. Oh, and you want that block? <laughs> well, no, yeah. and I just find it difficult. Like the couple, like when we work with people, sometimes even someone was like, how was like your guys' holidays? I was like, what? Like, I just like not. <laughs> you talking to us? It sounds, it, I've gotten better at it, but it sounds horrible to like not even have like rapport with some people because I just like forget. Right. Yeah. Because I've never really had to make small talk at a workplace. Right. I'm getting, so that's why I'm so ready. I've like, I love doing that. I'll, I'm not sick of it. And like, you're so run down with yeah, Pogrelli's. I'm and so run down. Like, working with people, but I'm like, oh, yeah. this is all new to me. This is uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it was tough. It's tough at Fogarelli's in particular because you're doing all like, it's not cooking, but I'm assembling and cutting and slicing. And it's normally like stuff you can do in peace where no one's seeing you. And then you got to turn around and be like miserable and in the weeds and be like, hey, how's it going today? And it's just like, yeah. That's a skill you learn. I, most people don't have that, and she has that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Could, maybe because she hasn't been beat down by the industry like saying, the rest yeah. of us. But well, I was she's like a cashier a, in college, too, for like two years. Best time of my life. I'm like, like, I love chatting away. Yeah, yeah, she's like, how you doing? And she like actually cares. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not, well, it's not just casual. To me, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm great. Like, thank you. Or like a compliment. Wow. Lovely. Like, I just really like it. Like if someone's not that nice to me, I'm just like, what a bummer. Like, just right. wish you were just yeah. a little nicer. I don't know. Like, but I know she's saying hard. this now before we start it. for the no, year. Everyone has their bad days. I understand yeah. it. When someone is just not over the top, because then I find it fake. It has to be somewhere in the middle. Yep, it's got to be a sweet, <laughs> tough sweet customer balance. over here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of preferences. Um, well, yeah, that's that's funny. Like when you mention where you were maybe trying to create some small talk with her in the kitchen because you felt like that's what needed to be happening, and somewhere in the um, journal article you'd said like people ask all the time how do we work together or make this work while being in a relationship it's like well we've built this you know for now 15 years or whatever Absolutely. it's been and I always think that too like with my wife we don't work like elbow to elbow each day but it's like no we really like each other we actually have a great time together and it's those years of like having spent time and getting to know the person and you should be able to stand to be around your loved one, I think. You know, if you have to, like, yeah, we all need a break, but you guys put the work in so that you can be that close and still, like, civil and get along. We've both definitely learned a lot from, like, working in the kitchen atmosphere that I had never done of how to speak to each other. I think it's getting better because he can be <laughs> getting better. a little intense of not or just being like no that's wrong do it this way and i know he's trying to be like specific because it needs to be quick and because i only need to be told like once maybe twice if something's not the right way but it could also be like oh like in a nicer tone yeah and i also need to learn to not be as sensitive to a quick reaction to something yeah. and put it past that it's not like my husband talking to me it's kind of like my coworker mm -hmm. of like i'm not gonna be mad at you in like 10 <laughs> minutes about this later <laughs> like it, the first couple times i like kind of snapped at her when we were busy i'm like no no not that do the other thing and then like it was like a really quick and then like half an hour later she's like why couldn't you say like no sweetie don't do it like I that i was like because i don't have time to yeah. talk like that no not a pet name i was just saying <laughs> you might have said be that like Hey, like just in a different. Hey, buddy. Tone. Like I was just like, no. Like we were in the weeds. I don't. I wish I knew what the thing was that we. Like the first time I kind of snapped. You also start a lot of your sentences off with no, comma. This, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like what you just did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. I'll give you that, but. I don't, we're getting better. Yeah, she's, it's a lot better. She's grown so much. Like watching her, her, like handle even a knife and like do like. She didn't ever cook professionally. Or ever. <laughs> or ever. I wasn't going to tell everyone that. Yeah. She wasn't a real, real savvy in the kitchen, and she's really come a very long way in these past few months. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And so now you guys are embarking on it together. I mean, yeah, that was always my question. I didn't know if you both were, like, trained in this and had teamed up together, or it's just been, like, yeah, just like a strange evolution in terms of you maybe, Bray, you had this direction you were heading. And yeah. then decided to work together on it. Yeah, well, so I lack self-confidence that she really has been supportive and incredible since the beginning. Like, the fact that she said yes to, like, oh, yeah, you should do a brunch pop-up. Like, no, I shouldn't have. Like, I, yeah. like, I had no business serving food to people at that point. Like, I knew what I liked, and I knew how to cook it. I, I was like, I cooked four at a time one time. I was like, oh, I got it. Like, I didn't have it. <laughs> like, our first pop-up was a nightmare. Like, we, we got killed. Luckily, I had uh, sort of, we do it, we did it on Sundays. On, like, the Wednesday night beforehand, we were like, oh, let's go make 
some food there, and then we'll take some pictures inside Little Fleet because we are very big and were and are still very big into social media. That's how we've done all our marketing. And the manager, Jess, who I originally pitched the idea to, I was like, you want this sandwich? She's like, I can have some, but you should go give it to that guy, Eric. And I was like, okay. She's like, he's a friend of mine. Go give it to him. So I like gave, gave him a bite. And then, like, halfway through eating it, Jess was like, oh, you should ask him what he thinks. He's a chef. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> what did I do? Oh, no. And he's like, oh, this is great. He's like, when's your pop-up? I was, uh, I was like, next Sunday. He's like, I'll be there. And I was like, cool. Thanks for coming. He's like, no, I'm going to help you because you need help. And oh. I was like, hell yeah. And he, his name's Eric Benedict. He's fantastic. He's still a friend. We text all the time. And he saved us on that first event because we had hoped to do, like, 40 or like what 50 would be cool we, we did like said 40 was like us was then we were like adding it up like 40 times the money i'm like wow like 40 times awesome. eight like yeah. that's crazy and then we did like 85 and sold out of everything we and we're, like it was we, nuts even the bacon like in the bread like that and then we couldn't make anything else out of you know the other things but yeah it sold out really quickly too and we were i apologize to anyone that came that day because it was really slow <laughs> right we, definitely we, were, we didn't I, we didn't know how to make the sandwiches like quickly uh, milkweed hadn't even opened, so I wasn't even allowed to use milkweed yet because they weren't opening till November 1st, which is when their food permit started. So, like, they, uh, like you can't use our kitchen. Like, legally, you can't use mm-hmm. our kitchen. So we set up on a stainless steel table in the in back, the back. Ne- next to a three-hole sink and cooked all this food on, like, butane burners and electric griddles and had, like... Like a griddle from, like... And had, Walmart. like, ice baths <laughs> for all the cold stuff and just got crushed. like tickets started rolling in and eric looked at me he's like what's your ticket what's your uh, system for tickets and i was like i don't know <laughs> i wrote it down uh, i don't I still know right like on a piece of paper and just like threw it at him because i was trying to talk to everybody because everyone wanted you know to chat about like what's going on like what are you guys going to be doing and i didn't know so and jess came in the back and started yeah, like jess running helped. food for us yeah, yeah we but no one expected it like they didn't expect it. We didn't expect it. It got out of hand in a hurry. Mm-hmm. We sold out, and we're like, oh, okay. It's cool. Yeah. Let's see if it happens again. And then it did. It, did. And it, it happened just, like four or five more times. It oh. just kept happening. We'd buy more. Like mm-hmm. We were going through like 20 dozen eggs like at an event, which was just absurd. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't even, like, how am I going to, like, spend this much money? Like, I think at some point the other shoe is going to drop, and people are going to stop showing up. And they kind of did. There was like yeah. there was like there was like <laughs> one really down event where we were like really we were like okay we didn't lose any money we we're like that was yeah, yeah we'll, we'll pull back. We didn't lose money. Like, what's the point of not doing it? Like, we're right. here anyways for the people that really like it and came every time. Cool, but like, yeah, if you if it wasn't that busy, it didn't matter because it was just fun and something to do. And I'll, I'll really miss it. I will. Yeah. Just brunch, yeah. Just being a yeah, a couple of people like that was just like fun money mm-hmm. too. Like that, like now it's it's. Well, was it because it bought this? Well, it, but <laughs> we it didn't wa- get to do anything. <laughs> but that, in the beginning, it was like wow, we just made like five hundred bucks. Like we were yeah. like thrilled. Mm-hmm. Like like that that was so much. Not that that's not a lot of money. That's no, still a lot of money. Right. But to in have full time jobs like, yeah. and then suddenly you made like five six hundred bucks in a weekend. Right. Like, Whoa. On a day in four yeah. hours. You're like yeah. this is cool. Like so. It was just always. It was very fun from the beginning. If if that first event hadn't gone well, I doubt we'd be doing this still. Like we would be like, oh yeah, we'll do those six events and it'll be fine and we'll move on with our lives. But we uh, we marketed the shit out of it. Little Fleet helped us out a ton. Yes. And we got support from the community, and here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like there was a lot of times where it could have went one way or the other. So like, if nobody showed up, you might have gave up on it. If she wasn't pumping you full of like. 
false confidence oh, sometimes. No. It's it's know? all her. Yeah, I, yeah it is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't believe in my cooking abilities or my recipes enough. I was like, I mean, it's a burger. Like, what? And she's like, no, it's a really good burger. Like, yeah. It's the way I like my burgers, which I think is like the big thing. I'm like, I like a really thin patty and like crispy. And I'm like, okay, I can get that whenever I want. Keep doing it. Right. <laughs> yep. No, that's really cool. Um, what what can people expect? I mean, obviously there's going to be the food truck. Why don't you guys just like detail that a little bit more about where people can find that um, and what future plans are, I guess. So we're going to be at the Little Fleet all summer long, which is incredible. We are required by the Little Fleet, although we do it anyways. We're, gonna, we're required to be open seven days a week, uh, May 1st to September 28th. So you will be able to find Brittany and I here from May 1st to September 28th. And then we'll stick around in October till mid-October when we got to get out of here. And then hopefully you'll find us on a beach somewhere in November. Yeah, take a much-needed vacation. Yeah, right? that would be great. Yeah, and cool. uh, our menu is going to be, uh, we're going to continue with our Wednesday night menu, which has been uh, smash burgers, fried chicken sandwiches, and french fries. And like different versions of those with different toppings and whatever, but those are the three main things. And then whatever specials we feel like whipping up, whatever. Like I can't wait for like tomatoes to be in season, so mm-hmm. I can like do BLTs and stuff like that. Like we're yeah, gonna it's just whatever we have space for and equipment for, and it's all like a learning experience because we know those things that we have down, but it just depends space wise where we're going to be able to put <laughs> more ingredients for different food. Yeah. Um, where could people find you, like, on social media, too? Uh, we are at Glendale.av on Instagram. Our Facebook just... It's just Glendale Ave. Is it? Yeah. Our Facebook is Glendale something. Glendale uh, Ave. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you can go, like, whatever. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Glendale Ave. Uh, we have a website that I'm building right now. I think it's going to be GlendaleTC.com. It okay. will be because I just said it. So that's what we're going to buy. Uh, and that's everything. That's where you can find us. And then physically at Little Fleet. <laughs> yeah. <Every day. laughs> Excellent. Well, I appreciate you guys inviting me into your uh, workspace. I'm looking forward to visiting probably way too often this summer. <laughs> um, I encourage you listeners, if you're local to the area, to also check out what they have going on. You will not be disappointed. And definitely follow them on social media. There's some beautifully crafted pictures of their beautifully crafted food. So check that out. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.